Odie celesti sponsor junta est ecclesia, et ex aqua facto vino letantur convive. Alleluia. Today the church is joined to her heavenly spouse, and the guests rejoice in the wine made from water. Alleluia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. We sang these words at the Benedictus 11 days ago on the Feast of Our Lord's Epiphany. And that the celebration of that feast continues today. We have seen the Magi taught by a star to come and adore. We have seen John giving testimony taught by a heavenly voice, taught by the dove. And today, Jesus' disciples believe in him because he manifests his glory. He manifests his own glory. Manifestavit gloriam suam. The Lord continues his epiphany in the wedding feast of Cana, working, as St. John says, the beginning of his signs. And yet, as can be said of all of the different aspects of the mystery of the Nativity, while it is the beginning, it also points us forward to the end. It's a mystical foreshadowing of the end, because all of our Lord's life, all of God's dealings with mankind are the story of the love of the bridegroom for his bride, the love of God for his church. All of it has as its goal what we sang of in that Benedictus Antiphon, the joining of the church with her heavenly spouse. And so today's Mass, as it commemorates this first of our Lord's public signs when he manifests its glory, his glory. At the same time, it looks forward to the consummation of all things in the joining of the heavenly spouse with her bridegroom. And thus it's fitting that the texts of today's Mass are among the most joyful and triumphant of the entire year. In a few minutes we'll hear the great jubilate of today's offertory, which is the cry of the church greeting her bridegroom. The church saying with each one of her children individually, Come and hear all you who fear God, and I will tell what the Lord hath done for my soul. The texts of the Mass are full of adoration, full of jubilation. Jubilation at the coming of the heavenly bridegroom to be joined with his church. But besides announcing to us this marriage, today's Mass also teaches us how we're to participate in it. It presents us concretely with the image of the bride. It's interesting that this Sunday, along with last Sunday, is, I think, the only Sunday of the year in which the Gospel gives us the words of the Mother of God herself. She stands before us as the image, as the embodiment of our Lord's Bride, the Church. And it's striking that the Benedictus Antiphon this morning called that to our attention. As often happens, it tweaks the Gospel text ever so slightly. Nupsia facte sunt, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And John says, and the mother of Jesus was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited. But the Benedictus Antiphon says, and Jesus was there with Mary, his mother. Her name isn't mentioned in the Gospel text, but the Church 
wants to bring it before us as we sang the Benedictus, highlighting, if you will, underlining the fact that Mary, his mother, was there, that he was there with her at the wedding feast of Cana. The new Adam was there with the new Eve. And thus, in these two, we see the heavenly marriage, the church being joined to her heavenly spouse, set before us in the midst of this earthly marriage feast at Cana and Galilee. And what is it that the church says of her spouse? The last recorded words of Our Lady in the Gospels are given to us. Quod plumque dixuri bobis facite. Whatever he shall say to you, do ye. The bride then presents to us obedience to her heavenly spouse as the way to union with him. And this ultimately is the only way that any of us can properly understand what we're doing in seeking to be obedient. My son, give me thy heart, we heard with reference to the Holy Rule today. And it's interesting that when we look at the way in which we speak of obedience, we often use the image of the yoke. St. Benedict speaks in chapter 58 of the yoke of the Holy Rule, yugum, which is where we get the word conjugium, con conjugal. Conjugal love is the love by which the bride and the bridegroom are yoked together, living one life. And it is by the yoke of obedience that we, all of us, are yoked to the heavenly bridegroom and are allowed to become one heart with him. St. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 12 a bit more of what it looks like to be yoked to our Lord, what it looks like to do whatever it is that he tells us. He gives us a long list of participles and adjectives describing what it is that we're to do, which gives us a complete program of life. And almost every line of this epistle shows up in the Holy Rule in chapter 72, or many of them in the instruments of good works that we'll begin hearing tomorrow. Because, after all, the Holy Rule aims simply to present to us how concretely we are to live out the gospel, how we are to yoke ourselves to our Lord, the Heavenly Bridegroom. And so St. Paul gives to us all of these concrete ways in which the heavenly marriage is lived out here and now as we go through our earthly pilgrimage. We often encounter the fact that we simply don't have what it takes to do these things. That the wine, the joy, the consolation runs out, deficiente vino. If the wine has run out, we know where we can go. We know that the Mother of God, the heavenly seller, if you will, is always there to entreat her son to give us the wine which we lack. And we know that when 
we come to the most holy sacrament of the altar, we receive in abundance that new wine, the wine which he has kept until now. And we'll sing that as we receive Holy Communion today, this remarkable communion antiphon that depicts the ecstatic surprise and excitement of the guests as they discover that the good wine has been kept until now. This is the cry of our hearts upon receiving this new wine. It's the cry of the bride as the bridegroom manifests himself to her. We are offered in the Most Holy Eucharist the new wine, and we're offered even more than that. We're offered the bridegroom himself, who if we give our hearts to him, will act in us by his power. In the post-communion we'll say, Audreatur in nobis, Christmus Domine, tue virtutis operatio. May the operation of thy power be increased in us, we pray, O Lord. It is his power that is at work in us that can do more than we ask or imagine. It is by his gift, tuo munere, that we are prepared to receive his promises. Ad eorum promissa capienda tuo munere preparemu. And so the heavenly bridegroom comes to us today, asking us to give our hearts to him, to do whatever he tells us, trusting in his love for us, the love which led him to lay down his life for his bride, the love by which he wants to cleanse us and transform us and act within us and bring us at last to the heavenly marriage feast. <laughs>